0: Welcome to the Innovators Insider Podcast. I'm Mike, the professor, joined by my colleague in Las Vegas, Richard Doyle, the user group guy. How are you doing?
1: Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Mike, and yourself?
0: Just just wonderful. Um the weather is is changing it's it's september it's fall we got new stuff to talk about
1: yeah We're wearing different kinds of
0: pants
1: they're in fact they're calling it they're calling it faux fall out here uh because we've dipped down into the 80s but they expect that uh, las vegas will still see some effects of summer but uh i did pull out the linen pants today and the uh and the cabana look um as a little celebration of at least the start of faux fall and uh with any luck at all it'll continue but i expect we'll get some more warm weather so
0: yeah uh, i think so. i mean yeah if i go to vegas in february it's gonna be like summer here so yeah it's, so. Uh, yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a great show today um th- this is a show that i'm very very interested in because when it comes to plm i know nothing Um, you know, the last time I was really in industry was, was back in 2004 when I was really working in an engineering department, um, that had to deal with things like, you know, CAD and, and manufacturing and bills of materials and purchasing and, you know, everything that goes along with, with, uh, uh, developing manufacturing and, and selling a product. Um, you know, PLM was, I guess in its, I wouldn't call it its infancy back then, but I would say that probably most people didn't really understand what it was. Uh, and since I've been out of industry, I still don't understand what it was. So, uh, let's go ahead and bring in an expert on the subject. Our first guest is the Vice President of Product Management at PTC. Please welcome Graham Birch. Hello, Graham. Welcome to the show. Hey,
0: Richard. Oh, wrong one. Sad. I I have the worst luck with my nice sound effects. But Graham, welcome to the show.
2: Hi, hey, Mike. Good to see you too. <laughs> What uh, a nice studio you got in here, this is, uh, this is impressive, a piece of <laughs> I see they spare no expense for your studio. Yeah, yeah,
1: That's and great. we're very comfortable here too. Yeah. So Graham, I, I don't know if you heard my introduction, but I am a a a, a total know nothing when it comes to PLM. So wh- why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your background, uh, and then we'll get into the question of what is PLM?
2: Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, so as you might detect by my accent, um, I'm not a native of North America. Um, I actually started working in this industry back in the days of, like, does anybody remember computer vision? Oh, and, yeah. Uh, you no, know, cats. I've cats first cat yeah. yeah. So uh, that's, that's where I started my career. Um, and uh, you moved on from there. Uh, way back in the day, computer vision had a PDM system. And that's something we should talk about, Richard, like the alphabet soup here, what's PDM and PLM and... Why was, did that light just matter?
0: was that what it was called or
2: oh was you're it? so modern mike yeah it became optigra <laughs> but it was like it was before then even this is like this is going to date me I ran on ibm main friends that right? was like wow. way back then yeah that was when all happened on data general hardware and it was big and expensive and yeah time's moved on um yeah so then i uh, i i Moved across the United States working for uh, computer vision and computer vision, as you know, was acquired by PTC, and, uh, and I really spent my my whole career at the right at the the, the confluence of CAD and PLM. Um, you know, how do you effectively get CAD data out of the hands of the CAD department and give it to the rest of the enterprise so that it can be uh, used for downstream information?
0: Right. So, you know, what do you think came first? Did PDM come first? Did PLM come first? Like, how, how did that all shake out? Like, you know, I, I vaguely remember like things in, in the late 90s that like Seco Auto Manager and some of the old, you know, those were like some of the first PDM systems I, I thought were com- commercially available. I, I remember like, PDM systems that were just self baked. You know, each company right. made their own database kind of thing. Yep. yep. What, what, what are I, your thoughts and memories there? And, and you too, Richard.
1: Well, I was just going to interject real quickly. I, I I seem to recall a lot of PDM systems calling themselves PLM systems. Hmm. And, you know, so the difference was, yep. was hard to distinguish back then.
2: You know, it was, I don't think there were any really um, hard, fast lines. I I still don't think there are. To be honest, Um, and you'll still find kind of vague definitions at the intersection there. Um, You know, PLM. Like, if you, I mean, if you think about it, um, product lifecycle management. We've been, you know, when when did that all start? You could argue, and how far back do you want to go? But. You could argue back in the day, you know, in the, in the let's call it the craft era, right, when you're building wooden horse carts and things, you know, it was the, the, your designs evolved really, really slowly over generations, and you know, handcrafted. Uh, because you know, making mistakes was darn expensive. That was your whole livelihood, just gone because you made a wheel that fell apart. Um, and I think that changed everything was the introduction of drawings. Uh, and then with the introduction of drawings what we did is we separate it's a design from manufacture and all of a sudden we introduced this idea of a life cycle so now so now we've got stages and we got things that happen in design and we got things that happen in manufacture and then how do we how do we hand off between design and manufacture so you could argue the invention of the drawing was a you know, fantastic um, invention because it it allowed this separation um, so you had experts in design that could hand off to experts in manufacturing and but at the same time, it introduced this this rift, and like you know, to your point, Richard, we've, we've been trying to close that gap ever since. <laughs> um, and so, PDM, you know, PDM really product data management um, really came on the back of uh, computer aided design, and uh, it, it and you can see this, you know, the 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 echoes of it still exist in the industry because most. PDM systems um, were uh, designed, developed by the major CAD vendors, and uh, you know as we as 3D CAD uh, became more and more prevalent, you could create an immense amount of data really quickly and if you weren't careful, you were working on the you know the wrong versions you you would lose stuff and uh, so they decided, oh my goodness, we need to do something to get a handle on this and so you know product data management came about
0: right, right. And in PDM systems, I, you know, like I've implemented PDM at hundreds of companies over the years. And, um, I always thought the, the main benefits of PDM were, you know, you're able to find your information in a kind of a central place. You know, they call them a vault sometimes, right? You know, you just go to the vault and get your data and you can search for that data in a, in an easy way. Typically there's some kind of database that's backing it up like that, you know, so you can, Easily find all parts made of, you know, a certain material or or what have you, right? Um, there is uh, the ability to find where parts are being used in other assemblies, right? That was one of the yeah. pillars. You know, I think there's there's four yeah. pillars in, in the world of PDM, PDM and then there's a uh, oh, what, what's the last one? Security, right? You know, yeah. security yeah. and workflow, getting the right information to the right person at the right time. Um, and, and those goals are still good, but I think <laughs> when we went from the drafting board from the paper to CAD, you know that that rift wasn't closed enough. Personally, and um, you know when Onshape came out, you know, and I saw the way Onshape did it for the first time, you know, the PDM being built into the CAD instead of yeah. the you know kind of like you have your CAD and then you have your PDM, yeah, totally separate things. When you first saw the way Onshape kind of did it. What what we what was going through your mind? Because you've been in PLM for for a while. You worked at PTC. Right. You've done a lot of great work. So, you know, what were your thoughts there?
2: Oh, it was uh, it was delightful. I, I can't think of any other word to describe it. To be honest, uh, Mike. What well, you know, I've I've spent you know decades, I think, of my life trying to teach a PLM system how to manage CAD data, and it's hard. Right? There's there's like a gazillion types of files and they all have interrelated dependencies and you know you try and teach a pdm or a, a plm system how to manage your know, raw cad data it's 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 really tough and then the cad data you know the cad system evolves and things get out of date and and you have to go back and make changes to the plm system again to you know, re-educate it so when i took when i looked at on i just thought you don't have to do any of that Onshape just does it, you know. So things like searching and browsing and version management—it's—it's it's just built into the natural workflow of Onshape. And uh, you know, I remember—I remember saying to my boss, "You know, I—I I will never build another CAD-PLM and PLM system integration again because it's just so taxing and it's so hard work." And then when I saw Onshape, I thought, "Oh wait a minute, this is a game changer." Because all of the hard, the heavy lifting of PDM stays within Onshape, and really all we need to do is sync and link.
1: Right, sync and link. I like that. I, <laughs> you know, that's uh, uh, so. That's a nice segue into um, the Onshape Arena connector, and why that's important, what that does for Onshape users, uh, what it does for Arena users, for that matter.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it's really interesting to. To know that there's a connection now, um, what, why would people want to connect their CAD and PDM like Onshape has with PLM, uh, in this case with Arena PLM? And we should probably step back just a little bit and make sure people understand what Arena PLM is first before we even go down that path. I think to just to to make sure there's a lot of people may be aware of Arena, but maybe a few don't you know don't know yeah. what Arena is and and how they're part of our family.
2: Yeah, that's that's a valid point, Mike. Um, and you know, I think maybe uh, maybe underlying the question there is uh, it's not so much you know why why would why would someone consider connecting these? The, the first question would be well, why would I need CAD and PLM? So what does what value does a PLM system add over and above what I already get with on ship? It's already got release management, right, and revision control. Um, so the way to think about it is uh, you know, OnShip does fantastically well dealing with uh, mechanical design, um, but we all know that to get a product out of the door, there's sort of things to consider because you, know, you could really think of the mechanical design in many electromechanical products is the, is the aesthetics and the housing, right? but the GUTS is usually electronics and software. And so the complete product bill of material is the mechanical assembly, it's the printed circuit boards. It's the uh, software that goes into the product. It's the uh, the warranty card that goes in the packaging. It's the packaging itself. It's the documentation. Um, you know, there's so there's a whole host of other information that goes into a complete bro- product bill of material, and, and you know, Arena does that. And then you get to the point where you say, well, okay, so we've designed this fantastic product. How, how are we going to make it? Like who's what's our supply chain strategy? Um, who are our suppliers? Who are our preferred suppliers? Who's going to make what? How do we get information out to those suppliers? Um, you know, that's what Arena PLM excels at. Um, and then you get to okay, well now we're going to make a change. Well, we can't just arbitrarily go change something and then push it on the rest of the world. You know, that's we we know that that causes uh, you know unexpected uh, costs downstream, you're catching manufacturing by surprise, your supplier turns down as well as an interesting change, but I can't handle that kind of material. So incorporating all of the disciplines into, um, you know, a more formalized change management process where you could say, Hey, I'm thinking of making this change to this part for these reasons. Does anybody object? Right? And just have the whole uh, value chain chime in on uh, and you know and, and take a look at the change and comment on it give you feedback before you go ahead and make the change so that, that's those are the kind of things that people are finding value out of uh, arena pln
0: so that makes sense that makes yep. sense so so i think we can probably go down the road of why like why would you want to connect the two yeah
2: so it... so assuming that you're using on chip, right and you decide We've got about as far as we can managing our bills of material and change process in, uh, in spreadsheets. So we're looking for a PLM system. You know, so let's say you, uh, you choose something like Arena PLM. The trick now is to make the two systems appear as much as possible as one, right? We're still closing the gap, remember? <laughs> so um, if I design something in Onshape, the Onshape assembly, as I'm building the assembly, it's, it's inherently building the bill of material. And so what I'd like to do is to be able to transcribe that bill of material without error and at the push of a single button, get all of that into my PLM system. And that's really the heart of the integration, Um, to get high quality, high fidelity, reliable information out of OnShip and make it available to the rest of the enterprise.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think, Yeah, I'll pull up a, a little bit of a demo as we can kind of talk about it as uh, we we kind of play around here. But I have, uh, you know, my on shape environment here, company called Titan. You know, you know if we're going to just have companies named after Greek, Greek gods and stuff. But, you know, we have this, uh, you know, small headset thing, you know, just to kind of have an example of of what we're talking about here. So you mentioned the bill of materials, Graham, um, you know, on shape. You know, CAD systems do this, right? They build a bill of materials when you assemble stuff. It's a great benefit, right? And you, know, you can look at it in multiple structures, right? You know, you have you know, top level bomb, structured bomb. PLM, you know, like when you have, like you, you mentioned packaging and documentation and stuff like that, there's there's more bombs, right? That, that go beyond the CAD kind of information, right? You know, I yeah. think that's uh, another reason for getting this stuff into some sort of PLM structure because you're not going to deal with that in CAD. You know, your, your engineers right. aren't going to deal with putting a, a data sheet, you know, as part of the bomb, right? It's okay. just, that's that's not really what it's made for, right? Um, but, you know, here's our bomb. You know, I have an item, you know, list here. I have the name of my assembly here and part number for that. You know, it's an 830 number for this type of product assembly, right? Um, but... Quite often, you know, when you have a sophisticated, you know, high-tech product um, and you want to keep track of things, you know, you want part numbering that matches the type of product uh, that you're manufacturing, right? So, um, categories of of things, right? Um, Let's actually uh, set a category on one of these uh, parts, right? You know, here's the, here I have a a couple of parts here. I'll just uh, go to the properties of them and there we are we have categories and on shape and and this is something that we've had right you know being able to categorize an object has been something that you could have an on shape and the reasons prior to this connection were because you know let's say i set these as the antenna category um you might want to have different custom properties down here for antennas versus sheet metal parts right that that's that was the original intent right for for this but you know if these were fabricated plastic right they're gonna get a certain uh part numbering scheme and you could get it give it there or you could give the part number here right and we've had that non-shape to give the part number you know from the bill of materials here but where do you think that part number came from right this came from Arena. So in Arena, what what's done in, in Arena to set that up, Graham?
2: Yeah. So your know, part numbers are, uh, yeah, the, they're, they're important, right? That's the, it's, it's almost like the DNA of a manufacturing company. Everything has to have its identity. And typically, um, customers want to have a single source for part numbers. Right? Otherwise, you end up with duplicates and there's confusion. So what we did here with the integration is to uh, wire in arena's part numbering into the back of onshape so that for the onshape user there's no change and, you know like, to your point mike you you don't know where those part numbers came from they could have come from onshape they could have come from arena but you set the system up and it all happens you know invisibly yeah and and to be honest that's been part of the goal of the whole integration you know onshape has a way of doing things keeping things Really simple, unobtrusive, and productive. And you know, quite honestly, PLM integrations don't have a great reputation with engineers because they usually they get in the way. That it's an extra step. It's 15 more screens I need to go through with you know check-ins and check-outs. And what we wanted to do with this integration was just exactly like you've done there, make it just a natural part of the on-ship experience. And so in building this whole connection between onShape and Arena, we uh we added one button. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. One button. Like how many other CAD PLM integrations on the planet operate through one button?
0: And and that was it for the I mean the setup a few things few field mapping exercises and you know of course there's no servers to to worry about to to keep stood up you know no calls in the middle of the night for you know you as a, a CAD manager to uh worry about you know how come my connection's not working these things are handled by onshape and arena being connected together you know at the company level you know it a uh, in your company settings right so it's really very fail-safe you know it you're it's it's not going to fall apart and and i've been a cad manager I, i've seen these things fall apart and take months and you know six month project to do very simple things that can be done in just a few minutes of, of setup here
2: yeah i mean you're, you're probably familiar mike with the the, the problem of um, hey we just had to upgrade our CAD software yeah uh, but now the pdm software's broken and the interface that we had to uh, you know, our PLM system is now failing because yeah. we upgraded the PDM system. And by the way, our connection to ERP is just gone. And so the yeah. cascading effect of just totally. upgrading software, all that goes away when you move it to the cloud.
0: Yeah, and you just exactly. mentioned the big things, like even simple things can throw the whole thing into a state of disarray. Like, oh, wait, we upgraded our SQL database server, and now yeah. this needed to be upgraded. Yeah. And yeah. You know, there, yeah. there's so many things that can go wrong. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we had to upgrade the operating system that the database server was running on. So now the database server is out of date, and we have to upgrade that software, which cascades into upgrading the PDM software, which cascades into upgrading, and then it becomes a nightmare.
0: Yeah. 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 So all that's gone. So, you know, and, and then, you know, what does this look like in arena? Right. You know, first of all, I need to synchronize the bomb. Just hit that button. Not one button. One button. <laughs> <laughs> Literally one button. It's a, it's a beautiful button of the Alina logo. Um, and it gives you a nice uh, message. You know, your, your system is not hosed while this is happening. You know, you can actually do other work and it's doing all the stuff in the background and it's doing a lot of cool things in the background essentially and you're going to see the result of that. I don't know if we kind of lied a little bit. But we have one more button, but it's just a helpful shortcut. That's a help. A, help. <laughs> a helpful shortcut and nobody's going to be upset about this button. <laughs> because it brought you right to the item master in an arena right for that. Yeah, it's not perfect. Yeah. yeah. I mean, literally it's there. Yeah, you know, I just I just popped that over. You know, we yep. have all the information right here all the part numbers that I had just uh, set up. You know, I have my uh, bill of materials, you know, showing up right here with all the, the different pieces of plastic, circuit board, subassembly. Um, it's all and, here. Don't... And then from here, you know, you would do your PLM stuff. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what, what would be like, just to, to simplify it greatly. <laughs> what, what yeah. kind of things would you do in PLM from here with this bill of materials? Just as a, you know, for somebody that oh. might not have seen this system before.
2: Yeah, so if you look across, um, you see where you got the green bill of materials highlighted there on your, right. uh, your screen? Yeah, so if you just scan across to the right, you can see some of the important operations like sourcing, right? So I can go and assign suppliers, supplier part numbers, yeah. um, and I can build out a sourcing strategy. Yeah. Uh, costing, I can go in and put in. Um, uh, you know prototype costs production costs from multiple suppliers and you know that's important these days right you don't want to have a single supplier strategy given the current state of supply chain um, so you know as you walk across there so there's uh you know there's projects you can uh, assign projects and milestones and uh, and so on um you know quality you can uh, you can run um, quality processes and change processes um there's uh you know there's a uh, a ton of things. Once it once the on ship data gets in here, it's it's really not changing the uh, you know the data, the the form and fit of the the data, but it's this is all the lifecycle data that has to go around. It's the you you really call it the operational data, right? The yes. the, uh, the operations that have to happen in order to turn the design into an actual product.
0: Yes, indeed. And then of course you can get some some greater detail you know arena plm by the way has been around a long time this is not some whippersnapper startup thing you know arena's yeah, oh, been around, hey, what 20 fun, fun fact
2: yeah fun fact arena plm it was uh it was launched in 2000 which is wow. actually six years before google even announced the idea of a cloud hmm. right so it was cloud plm before there even was a cloud
0: i mean i remember this i was uh a CAD engineer at the time. I wasn't involved in the the dark world of, of being part of a CAD company uh, at that time. I was actually working in the real world. And, uh, you know, I, I saw this thing, bomb.com, right? Yeah. That and was it. it was a yeah. great way of getting your bill of materials information uh, uh, on the internet so you could share with your suppliers and actually get parts made. And, you know, that yeah. that's how the system evolved. So there's, you know, this is one of the most popular plm systems for high tech medical devices you know and it, it's really innovative as being one of the first real sassy type products out there you know along with i would put it right up there with salesforce.com you know it yeah. being around at the same time same kind of like you know bay area kind of uh, roots you know uh, of, yeah. of the company um Really cool well, you think
2: about you think about the legacy of uh, you know PLM and it really started in uh, automotive and aerospace industries around configuration management and right. uh, you know the early systems were they were really toolkits to be honest and you needed an army of IT professionals to configure it to feed it and maintain it and it's gradually coming becoming more accessible to smaller companies and, and what arena PLM did was like way ahead of its time in saying, why don't we why don't we take the burden of you having to host all of this software? Like we'll take that, we'll put all of this in the cloud, and then you can just buy a subscription. Right. I mean that was pretty remarkable given, you know, the 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 the, the era in which that was happening, you know, long I mean, we, we we don't even think about it now. We think, yeah, of course why wouldn't you do that right but you know you think about that uh, back in uh, 2000 that was very visionary totally. and you know what he did was it made what previously has been really high reach high costs software it put it in the hands of uh you know small to medium-sized companies
0: exactly exactly so come you know we we get questions quite often i i'm involved quite often in uh customer situations and uh you know, companies that are looking at shape for the first time and, and more often than, you know, I'm noticing now versus five, 10 years ago, people are asking up PLM earlier in startup companies, like people that are doing new product design, like a company doing a AR, VR headset or whatever it might be, brand new company, they want PLM right away because they they, they actually need it more than the big companies, if if you think about it, because they're not manufacturing their own. Right, uh, products. There's outsourcing, right? Uh, yep. so they need to keep control over all the different suppliers. Even a big company, you know, they don't make everything all themselves anymore. Of course, you know, I mean, it's uh, it's really interesting to see those trends happening now as well in PLM. Yeah, you, know, you talk to a bear startup, hardware, software. Well, nobody's a pure hardware company now either, right? Um, that's another right. thing that's happening, right? Yep. It's uh, there's there's electronics, there's circuit boards, there's software. Um, how does Arena help there?
2: You know, Arena—the the kind of customers that find Arena most useful are those customers that are in the kind of high tech um, or or in the medical device field. Um, and you know, characteristics there is it's as you said, multidiscipline. So there's you know the mechanical, the electronics, the software. Um, it's also the dealing with products that are, um, you know, the life cycle just h- operates at such a high velocity. You know, we, we, you're in the automotive industry, and really, you know, products are going to last for twenty years or so. Um, you know, in uh, in this like this headset, you know, how many generations will it be, of uh, you know, of this headset over the next two years? You know, so. It's, uh, it's, it's very short life cycles, you know, very, uh, not, not an awful lot of reuse, a lot of it is very innovative design thinking from, uh, you know, product to product. Um, and because you're moving quickly, and you need to synchronize all of that with what's happening in your supply chain, you know, that's, that's where you really do need some help from a software system. And, you know, arena PLM is a, is a great solution for that. You know, plus, putting all of that in the cloud, it makes integrating with your suppliers so much easier. You know, because I know, I know back in the day, we'd say, you know, bring your suppliers and they go, well, what am I going to do? We set up a VPN for all of these, you know, hundreds of suppliers and they got to come through my firewall. And So-
0: uh, Yeah, the IT guys we, always sweat. When, when right, the conversation right. starts, yeah. you know, I've had those conversations.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, so back to, you know, your, your question previously, Mike, you know, what did I think when I saw on ship. And uh, yeah, I think my my response was, you know, delightful, because, you know, it's in the cloud, arenas in the cloud, um, you know, accessibility for supply chain and making that whole, um, you know, value chain operate smoothly. Um, you know, the word we've been using around here recently is, uh, is frictionless. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, there's a, there's a lot of friction in traditional, you know, CAD and files and pdm systems and passing stuff around yeah you can make it work but boy it's hard work um and and, and you don't want to change it once it's you've got it set up yeah you move all this into the cloud and you link and sync and yeah, that friction just goes and so that means that you know you, you take away friction you get speed less heat right
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> Richard, is this helpful? Are you learning? Oh, PLM I, memes here?
1: I, I'm learning a lot. I'm learning, uh, especially the differences between PDM and PLM. Uh, I loved looking at the arena screen that, you know, I've seen it before and in some internal, uh, internal demonstrations because it reminds me of back in, you know, 20 years ago, how it was three or four different departments that were all doing these things. It was purchasing, it was manufacturing. Um, you know, it was engineering, uh, and, and, they weren't all working with the necessarily the same data. I mean, there was a lot of paper that got pushed around. Um, you know, I, I recall having to create a bill of materials in my CAD system and have it, you know, be, be perfect on my drawings so that manufacturing could use those drawings, but then also having to duplicate that information by entering it into the ERP system because there was no way to link those two. Um I, yeah, I, I'm learning a lot, especially about the differences and, and where we go. And the one thing that I haven't, that we haven't touched on here, um, in the product life, life cycle is obsolescence and recycling. And Graham, do you think that that's, especially the recycling part, sustainability, if you will, is that going to become more important? I, I think it
2: certainly will. Um, you know, the, uh, the, 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 um, the pressure. I think on um, you know product manufacturers to you know demonstrate that they're doing the right thing um, and you know behaving responsibly um, will you know, certainly that's, that that will increase um, you know certainly over the rest of my career I'm, uh, I'm convinced um, and so you know the question becomes well how do you do that um, um, you know and it's it's picking the uh, the right the right components um, the right materials it's knowing, um, you know, what what are the requirements? Like, does the component match the requirement? And, uh, and do the requirements include things like sustainability, um, you know, recycling? Do I understand what materials are used in each of these components? And if I was to go back and, uh, you know, search, figure out, um, you know, where, where are all the material, where are all my opportunities for optimizing um, components for uh, you know reusable materials. You've got to be, you've got to have a database of all of your components that you can search, and you know search on things like materials and uh, and you know retrieve those, and then you can make some judicious decisions. So yeah, I, I think you know for sure, Richard, I think it's it's going to influence the the, the, the thinking um, around how we design, deliver, and dispose of products.
0: Well, I think this has been a good introduction into PLM. I think uh, I'm excited to, to keep showing this and seeing all the, the reactions uh, to this. Um, thank you, Graham, for, for sharing some time with us today. And uh, I can't wait to see how this continues.
1: Yep. And I appreciate the education as well. Um and I hope to continue my education uh by taking an even closer look at the uh on shape arena connector. Yeah, you should. You'll have fun with it, Richard. Yep, you yeah. bet I will. <laughs> All right. Thank you, gentlemen. It was a pleasure to spend some time with you. Take care, to, right. Graham.
2: Graham.
0: Bye bye. Bye. All right. That was great to to catch up with Graham. I've been working with him now for the last six, nine months or so and um you know, great, great person.
1: Yep, uh, with quite a history. Yep.
0: Extremely knowledgeable, great history. Um you know it's uh it's great to have them. So, do we have something coming up next, Richard? I
1: think we do. And you know, Michael, we talked about this. I think we're going to make this a regular segment on each of our shows, uh, and that's going to be our tech tips. And let's go ahead and bring in our tech tip uh, mm-hmm. presenter of the of this episode, Mehu Gala. Hello, Mayhu, How are you? Hey guys, thanks for having me. You betcha. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get into the tech tip here.
3: Yeah, uh, my name is Mehul Gala. I am an Onshape fan that became an Onshape employee. So I worked at a company and helped them deploy Onshape on a global scale, uh, displacing an incumbent CAD system. I have 20 years of product development experience before that. So I wish what I really wish is that we would have had Arena at all these other companies. I was thinking about all the places we could have put it to use and all the friction it would have removed. Uh, so yeah. that was uh, fun to see, but, um, I have a tech tip for you though also, and, and, and a joke and, and a joke. joke. Okay. Well, yeah. Bonus joke. Uh, let's put so
0: the, let's put focus here. Cause I'm screwing out there. There we are.
3: All right. <laughs> so we're going to look at how to copy and paste, uh, mated parts in an assembly. But first, why was copy nervous on its date with paste? I don't know. We'll give Michael a a sec to get the laugh button ready, but (laughs) (laughs) because Cut was on was at another table and they were a controlling X. Oh my goodness. (laughs) right sorry. (laughs) You should've you should have queued up (laughs) groan. I had to steer it in the right direction, Richard. Uh, (laughs) So let's get to this. Um, So uh, Onshape allows you to um, copy and paste uh, components in an assembly, bringing along mates and items as well. So there's three steps here. Um, You select the components you want to copy. So in this case, um, whoops, I hid the clamp there. So I'm going to select the clamp and then this uh, screw, I'm going to hit copy. And then I can hit paste or control V and there it goes. And then I can position it where I want it to go. So I'm in this case, I'm going to, in this case, I'm going to connect this mate connector to this mate connector and then it moves everything together. Nice. And as you can also see, it brought along the item, uh, that is the, uh, moisture resistant, uh, grease here as well. So, so a little bit unique, uh, and it could improve some workflows dramatically. Oh, well, absolutely.
0: I mean, dramatically I mean that that's like the the, mo- the first time I did that it was by accident and I openly wept and cried in the <laughs> middle of a demo with a customer because it was I, so amazing because I it was like you just copied and pasted just using normal copy and paste and then all your mates came over that were relevant and you didn't have to think about that you didn't even need to open a special command you just could copy and paste and you had non-graphical items you had right. grease attached to it and that worked like
3: uh,
1: come I, on I, I, I had the same exact reaction, Michael, the first time that it, this happened to me, like you say, almost by accident. Uh, yeah, I, fortunately, I got to cry by myself. I wasn't around any customers, but <laughs> I agree with you. I mean, this is, you know, I, I, I had used a previous CAD system for a long time, and they that, that system had something like this that was hit or miss. You know, I mean, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Quite often, maybe it was operator error, and I understand that. But here, y- your operator can't make an error; it just works.
0: You know. Yeah. 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 The mates are there. It, we even have another command, replicate, that what kind of takes this and to another level, you know, a little bit more, you know, so you can have it find patterns of things, you know, instead of you having to manually, you know, kind of made it in. But there, there, are use cases for both. Yep. Uh, hundred yep. percent. This is just. This just works. I mean, it's yeah. just,
1: yeah. and you know, the thing about replicate is y- y- you know it's there, you know it works, and you know what it's supposed to do. The thing about accidentally running across this is you didn't know it was supposed to do that, and it just did it
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, that's a great tip. Everybody should know that tip that uses on shape. Like, every single yep. person should know this tip. This is like one of those important ones. Yep. So, absolutely. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thank
3: you, Mayhill. Yeah, hey, thanks need, for
0: having me. We need some more. Uh, we need some more of your posts up here, so we'll we'll get you on again, and uh, I'm sure you know we'll have some more stuff to show. Yep. You know what we should do is we should bring back everybody. If Graham's still here, I still see Graham in the green yep. room there, so maybe we should all uh, just come back do do a final on shape wave, and uh, you know, I think wrap things up.
1: That sounds good to me.
0: All right, so let's do the uh, transition here. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and- <laughs> Welcome back,
0: Graham, from the, the void.
1: <laughs> the void that is the green room, right? <laughs> yes. So and, and certainly thanks to Graham and, and Mayhul for being here today. Um, you know, folks, I, I I think I try to say this every time, but you know, if you like what you're you're seeing here, like what you're hearing here, please give us a like and and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, Mike and I are having uh, this on all
0: the streaming platforms yep, and yep. the, uh, on the, uh, the uh, podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple podcasts. I use um, what do I use?
1: I'm a visual guy. So I'm, I, I prefer the YouTube version, especially, you know, when we do tips and, and things like that, where we're sharing the screen. So that's always yeah. good. But, um, you know, we try to do our best to make sure that even, even folks that are listening on, on the audio versions, you know, um, you know, get something out of these shows as well. So, yeah. uh, we appreciate our viewers. We've had a lot of them. Um, I won't say how many, um, but we have had a lot of them. We certainly appreciate that. Really and, appreciate uh, them. we look forward to continuing this for a very long time. Yeah.
0: Well, thanks, Graham. Thanks, Mayhul. Yep.
1: Well, that's the on tape wave. wave. (laughs) (laughs) wave. There's there's,
0: there's this wave, there's this wave. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Once again, thanks everybody. Hope you have a great uh, rest of your week and uh, like, share, subscribe, do all the things as Richard said. So, thanks again.